0: Africa, home to the most unique people in the world, a place that connects us through our customs, traditions, and even belief itself. Join Mukundi Mudao in Tribal Pursuit, a series that ventures deep into Africa to discover the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. Join the conversation every Wednesday at 10 a.m. right here on 101.9 CHI-FM.
1: And you did just that. Time is 6 minutes past 10. It is Wednesday, the 17th of May, 2023. And I'm your dear friend, Mukundi Modao. Top of the morning. This is Trouble Pursuit. Welcome. Thank you for spending your Wednesday morning with me. Cold, 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 cold. I walked into studio this morning and i couldn't see a thing well outside at least (laughs) i couldn't see a thing it was so foggy and misty just stood by the window so usually how it goes is when you stand by the window here in studio you can see the linksfield area and if your eyesight is really good you can actually see the rest of Joburg right along with the vodacom tower and everything none none they were all out of sight i felt like i was in that one stephen king film stephen king right the, the mist yeah that one it was bad it was bad but we are here i hope you staying warm you got your warm beverage of choice mine is just warm water today staying off the coffee yeah so it has not been easy don't talk to me don't try to laugh with me i'm not in the mood for jokes <laughs> i haven't had coffee in three days and i'm not okay <laughs> anyway thank you for tuning in to wednesday morning we are gonna have a friend of the show on today a returner actually yeah back to back we are gonna have sim levy of the mozambican jewish community i'm not gonna say it how he says it, because how he says it is in Portuguese, and it's complicated. It's it's, it's not the easiest, but we are gonna talk to, a member to him later later in the show as we usually do, and he's gonna tell us everything about the about the community, how they've been, how life is going, and also I wanted to know what they got up for Pesach and what's happening next week and everything else in between. If you do have anything to say to your friend Mukundi, you can simply SMS me. That's three four five one nine. You can Telegram me on 061 18951019 you can even call me on 0101403020 let's have a conversation and let's have fun let's get the
0: show started this is tribal pursuit with Mukundi Mudau venturing deep into Africa to discover the who how and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish
1: High FM. I'm your dear friend Mukundi Modau and this is Travel Pursuit. Time is 15 minutes past 10 and wow. Wow. I am so cold. So cold. I hope you, I hope you are warm. I'm gonna keep talking about how cold it is for the remainder of the show because it's just so, so scary. But as I said, throwing forward to a couple of minutes, we are going to talk to uh, Sam Levy of the Mozambican Jewish community. If you want to know what what they say in Portuguese, please, this is not where you're going to learn it because it's the Comunidade do la, la, la Mozambique. La, something, man, something. It's a lot of words. <laughs> it's a lot of words. And just stay tuned for that conversation. It's going to be great. Obviously, if you have any questions, feel free to send them through. And if you just want to listen and enjoy and be a Mm-hmm. that's a big word. you're probably going to have to Google. Go ahead and do that. As well Checking out your messages I have a friend From my friend Jenna Who says Have missed your program For a couple of weeks Meetings I forgive you Jenna (laughs) Valid reason (laughs) Sitting back with a cup With a cup of tea And crunchies Thank you I also have a friend I also have a message From Unsigned Who says This guy is so annoying Trying to hide his accent Wait what Oh that's That's me Uh, Alright Unsigned I don't know that's how you felt. Tell me, tell me how you really feel. <laughs> do, do tell me your name then. Call the studio 0101403020. Tell me what you think my accent should be unsigned. Anyway, moving on to nicer things. Cause I don't think if you have anything nice to say, you should probably move on and not say a thing, right? Let me tell you rather what's happening in Africa and all the good news all across Africa. Well, good news, bad news, but starting with good news, this is such a great story. Have you heard of Hilda? Hilda Busi? No? Well, let me tell you about her. She is a Nigerian chef who broke the Guinness World Record for the longest time spent cooking. Yeah, she just spent hours cooking. I don't know why anybody would want to do that. I hate cooking. I hate cooking. Sandwich. Quack, quack, two slices of bread. Cup, cup of cool drink. I'm nice. I eat for sustenance. I don't eat just because I enjoy cooking. And if you do, then you're probably a madman Much like Hilda, but let's find out about Hilda, shall we? Nigerian chef Hilda Basi Aflong, popularly known as Hilda Busi Has broken the Guinness World Record for longest cooking hours Hilda broke the record, which was previously held by Indian chef Lata Tondon On Monday morning at 7.45am Tondon had made meals for 87 hours, 45 minutes and 0 seconds No! No! No way anybody spent that long cooking I hate cooking! You can't cook for that long Especially the dishes We're gonna do the dishes Who did the dishes? Hilda, who did your dishes? Let's find out I'm sorry I'm going off on a tangent However As, as of the time We're filing this report Hilda is good for 88 Whoa She aims to cook For 96 hours Wow She cooked for 96 hours And the Guinness World Record Or the Guinness Book I don't know what They call them <laughs> They eventually did Get back to Hilda, to Hilda To confirm that Hey man You are officially The record holder And that is so cool that is so cool. So congratulations to Nigeria's Hilda. I thought that was a little feel-good story that everybody just needed. Moving on to more serious issues and pressing news. African peace mission to visit Ukraine and Russia. Haha. <laughs> South African President Cyril Maposa announced on Tuesday that six African leaders are planning to travel to Ukraine and Russia to help find a solution to the war. Nothing wrong with that, right? Nothing wrong with that. However, I have a problem. I have a problem. Because... Don't get me wrong, what's happening in Ukraine is bad, terrible, and we do wish eventually it stops and there's peace, right? However, as an African and as African leaders, hear me out here, hear me out, I'm not saying anything wrong about Ukraine, right? (laughs) But hear me out. As African leaders, don't you think it's easier to, or rather, don't you think you should handle what's happening in Africa first before you go, you know, cross continent. Cause what's happening in Sudan is clearly not to be ignored, right? We all know, we all know that there's literally a civil war happening in Sudan. People are dying every day. There's a cult. They're finding dead bodies of cults from cults in, in Kenya. Let's do that. Literally, I'm seeing another article right here. Kenya religious cult. Police dig up more bodies and problems problems come a dime a dozen problems wait no that's that's wrong time it doesn't means few but you get what i'm trying to say everybody has problems and i don't think as african leaders you should go out into ukraine and i get that how and i get how the ukraine and russian the russia war actually affects the whole world given that it affects maize and fuel and transportation and all of that and it further damages economies i mean look at our fuel price as is a year ago well the Ukraine war has been happening for a year just a year and a half ago fuel used to cost around 17 rands and now there's almost a whole 5 10 rand difference all due to the Russia Ukraine war so i get how for the you know as part of the bigger image fixing this is probably priority number 1 i just think as african leaders that should probably look into fixing the problems in africa first right and i will leave you off with one more eight in 10 south african children struggle to read by the age of 10 if you were listening to The Morning Mayhem this morning, you would have heard this as well. This is concerning. South Africa ranked last out of 57 countries assessed in the progress in international reading literacy study, which tested the reading ability of 400,000 students globally in 2021. Literacy among South, Afri- South African children rose from 78% in 2016 to 81%. The country's education minister blamed the results on school closures during the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay. Okay. So what I've, what I've come to understand is that as much as they can read, they don't read to understand. And that's how it became a problem. I was always under the impression that if you can read, if you can read it, you understand it because what's that saying? What I see, I know. What I read, I understand. Or something like that don't quote me on this i did not fact check any of this i did not fact check any of my facts or any of my quotes if you hear a quote from me it's probably from my brain and not a smarter brain <laughs> not that there aren't any there's quite a lot out there in the world but as an observation i made i realized that south Africa south africans and a lot of children it was a question that i had that don't you think it's because reading in english as as a black child and you know most of our population is black and i would assume this study was done on some black children as well as a black child when i read something in english or any or anything really it has to process first right <laughs> my brain has to translate what i'm reading so i'll read it and then it'll go in my brain and it's an english word and then it has to change it has to change to chivenda first and then i have to understand it right so don't you think that's part of the problem the fact that understanding means you also have to understand the language itself don't because at that young age you don't even have a great grasp of the language and we're just talking about english here We don't have a great grasp of the language of the english language and already you're expected to do all this reading and writing and solve problems and solve for x and all that <laughs> it's just you know don't you think sometimes it's just overstimulation of the brain? But anyway, I could be wrong. Do let me know what you think. 34519 is the SMS line. 0618951019 1, is the telegram line. You can call me on 0101403020. Let's have a conversation about it. Or you can just tell me what you think about the following conversation or the conversation that we're going to have in about five minutes with sam levy of the mozambican jewish community and i will ask
0: him to say it in portuguese just one time so you do want to stay tuned for that this is tribal pursuit with mukundi Mudau, venturing deep into africa to discover the who how and why of the beautiful people that identify as jewish 101.9 101.9 high Fem. in a few minutes we will be talking
1: to sam levy of the mozambican jewish community once again if you do have any questions feel free to send them through and i will get to them now before we do that i just wanted to tell you about this about the story in Sudan, and and it's not because i talked about Sudan earlier it's just you know happy coincidence vendors farmers, farmers vendors and farmers suffer amid rising prices and fuel shortages North of Khartoum, I said that in the, I said that right in the first try, I'm so proud of myself. In the Sudanese Nile River state, the combat zone seems far away, but its destructive effects are deeply felt. The one month long fighting has, in Sudan by the way, has deepened the humanitarian crisis in the country, where one in three people already relied on humanitarian assistance before the war. This is bad. Already it's a country where people, like, like they said, were relying on assistance from humanitarian aid and people outside of the country to help them and all sorts of relief but now when there's conflict within a country what do you do how does how does that work you know we can't have i can't help you if you don't want to be helped and i know it sounds a bit i don't know what the word is but i know it doesn't sound good when i say it but that's how it seems from the outside right because if there's a civil war that means they're fighting amongst each other and we know that there's it's it's deeper than that it's a lot deeper than that but it's kind it's hard for you to provide assistance when the people that you're assisting are busy fighting amongst themselves and not really putting themselves in a position to get help but do let me know what you think i just wanted to tell you about that story because i found it so interesting to talk about anyway as promised we have mr sam livy of the mozambican jewish community and he's a friend of the show he's coming he's coming back for the second time we talked to him sometime last year if you don't remember if you don't you can easily check out the podcast on the high film website and as i always tell you don't just listen to that we have a lot of great shows on high film that i'm certain you will enjoy but be, without further ado mr mm. Levy, how are you this morning i'm well thank you how are you <laughs> i am really good i'm really good thank you so before you jo- before you joined and by the way is it warm in mozambique because it mm. is cold in Joburg right now uh, i wouldn't call it cold but it's uh, uh cool here in Maputo by the sea cool in Maputo by the sea wow what i would do to be cool in Maputo right now because i'm telling you i haven't taken off my beanie in a week now it is cold here
2: but that's the that's the uh disadvantage of johannesburg but
1: come and visit us we'll do we'll do i will definitely take you up on that offer so i've been as i was saying before you joined i was tell i was telling my friend at home that the the i just say the mozambican jewish community however as i did last time (laughs) could you please just say the name in portuguese one time. And actually while doing that, could you actually just give for the for the friends that didn't get the message last time, just a brief history of the community and where you're from? Sure. Well the the full name of our community is
2: Associação Honendalim, Comunidade Judaica de Mozambique. So Associação is an association. Mm-hmm. Honendalim uh means in Hebrew is uh supporters of the poor. Um and then Jewish community of Mozambique. And we have that name because um, in colonial times, uh, when the Portuguese colonial government had a, a concordat with the Vatican, it was quite difficult for other non-Catholic religions to get permission to um, uh, observe their faith in Portugal and in the Portuguese Empire, of which Mozambique was at the time uh, part but what you, what you could do is become a benevolent association, like a charitable association. So the community formed as a religious community, but it took on the name of uh, supporters of the poor. And so that's that's our heritage from the legal system that preceded independence.
1: Wow, I didn't know this. So the whole name was literally just a, a way to work around the system and actually find a way to practice Judaism. Uh,
2: I that's a. Fair summary of how it, how I see it
1: in historical retrospect. Yes. Wow. Interesting. And how has the community been in the, well, since we last spoke rather?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. Um, we, I think we're now, we can say we're fully out of COVID, right? And we've resumed all normal religious and community life. So we are we're together every Shabbat every Friday night. All the chagim. Um we have our weekly Parsha study. The only thing we haven't resumed that uh really was a great feature pre-COVID was our Sunday morning Hebrew school. Um don't can't haven't done that yet. But you know, we're we've it's a normal Jewish community. <laughs> Small, but
1: normal. Wow. And why are the kids left out? Why haven't you done the Sunday morning. Oh. Well, we haven't,
2: we haven't gotten organized
1: to be fair. Uh, ah. uh also we had,
2: you know, our communities have, um, always been a mix of, uh, families from Mozambique or permanently in Mozambique, hmm. um, even if they might carry a different passport and families who are temporarily here uh, because they're in on a, on a business assignment or a diplomatic assignment or working for an NGO or some such. And many of those, the latter group of families, uh, at COVID, they left and they haven't come back. So our numbers are down. Uh, the number of children in the community is down. So we're a little bit, uh, how should I put it? We haven't quite found all our feet
1: <laughs> to, to start the Hebrew school again, but everything else is working. Wow. And that's quite interesting because when I spoke to Nahum Kaulik of the Namibian Jewish community, he was saying the same thing that people tend to leave the community and not come, and not come back. Do you think COVID just helped escalate that? Uh It did.
2: It definitely had that effect. But I also think that you know, these, in the Mozambican case, I can speak more reliably to that. It's... Has been a waxing and waning community, joining and then going away. Uh So it's it's you know we, we, maybe we're in a waning phase, but there will be a waxing
1: phase to follow. Hmm. And so you've never really had—I don't want to say stable members of the community, but you're used to just people. <laughs> <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like a nice word, but you've never but you've never really had. You've you're used to people joining and leaving at any time of the year. Well, yes, but usually the cycles are not, uh, I mean, we have visitors
2: as everyone does, right? We had, uh, events at the show last night and we had two Israeli visitors who came in. <laughs> I'm so very pleased to meet them, but I don't know where they came from. Um, so we have lots of visitors. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, um, you know, when families, uh, come in and they're, they're going, they're assigned to Maputo for say three, four, five years, mm-hmm. right? And then after that, they go somewhere else. So for the time they're here. They're members of the community. True. And then they go. And then there's the permanent people. So it's, it's a, it's a, a a moving cast of characters. But uh, if you watch across the years, you'll, because
1: that you know all through through the entire production, just to excuse the theatrical metaphor. (laughs) I understand. I understand. And you saying you had a, you had an event at the show yesterday. What was happening? Oh, that's very. It was lovely.
2: Um, we've gotten involved in something called the Daffodil Project. I don't know if you've heard about this. No, but I'm really uh, listening. Yeah, this is an initiative out of the United States, and uh, the idea is to plant across the world uh, one and a half million daffodils um, in memory of the one and a half million children murdered in the Holocaust. Okay. It's specifically child oriented. And the daffodil, I believe, was chosen as the flower because it's yellow and invokes the, uh, both the, the Jewish star that the, uh, Holocaust, the people in Europe were obliged to wear. Mm. And also, um, it's the color of hope. So we got involved with it. We were asked, you know, would we like to be part of it? And we said, yeah, sure. Of course we would. Mm. So, uh, last night we had a, um, a ceremony. Uh, Tali Nates from the, the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center was here. She, she gave an introductory discussion, uh, including, you know, historiography of the Holocaust. And then, uh, the children in the community read, uh, uh, bios up in the, in the, in the, either in the camps or otherwise in the Holocaust. And of course, it was very moving. And then at the end, we, we went outside to the synagogue garden and we, we planted the daffodils we had been sent. Uh, and they'll be there, right? Uh, in our case, we, they're not, um, live flowers because we can't import, uh, plant matter, but they're, they're beautiful silk flowers that will resist and, and be with us for a long time, reminding us. And, um, I, I think everyone was very moved, hmm. but I think particularly the children who read the bios of other children. Um I think that will stay with them for their lives. So as as a um as an instance of self education, it and, and as Tali pointed out, the remembrance is part of the point mm-hmm. of this exercise. But it's also to teach us it can happen anywhere. It's happened repeatedly on the African continent, we know
1: mm-hmm.
2: from experience. Um And we need to learn how to, uh, recognize what we're seeing around us and take measures to stem hate, uh, and, and, and prejudice and persecution before they can gain traction in our societies. So it was a very, it was a, both a a remembrance event and an education event at the same time. And, um, I think it, it was, uh, it was a lovely initiative and we were the first in Africa to, to do it. And I'm, I, you can be sure. I will spread the good word to other Jewish communities. Mm. This is a lovely initiative, and uh, easy easy to do, and uh, very child focused.
1: Yeah, I, I heard, and that's very interesting. You should say that because, from just hearing you talk about it, I don't I don't speak for everybody, but I can speak for myself and say that whenever I think of the Holocaust and the the lives that were lost. Children are not are not necessarily with the, with Anne Frank probably being the exception. Children and young people are not necessarily, you know, at the top of my head. And I find this mm-hmm, that's right. And this is very interesting. And as you said, with the children, it also helps them realize that this could happen to any of us at any point in time.
2: That's right. That's right.
1: Now, also, it's to me, it it
2: makes me want to go visit the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center because it it as 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 was explained to us it supplies something of the educational link between 20th century genocides mm. and the need to uh build peace on our continent in the world but specifically
1: on on the african continent wow and this is something that's going to that you're going to work to spread throughout the whole continent as well
2: well, I mean, uh, the, the the natural vector to spread this is through the Jewish communities where we where we have influence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so easy to do. I mean, at the end of the show, I'll send you the link, right? so you can you can check it out and see if it holds interest. But this this is a it's a, this is
1: an easy and beautiful win. An easy and beautiful win. I love that so much. This is 101.9 High FM, Tribal Pursuit is the name of the show, and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mundao. We are speaking to Mr. Sam Levy of the Mozambican Jewish community. He said it once at the start of the interview. I'm not going to ask him to say it again because I don't think even his time is strong enough to say it twice in 20 minutes. It is It is. 10 20 minutes to 10 minutes 3 11 we do not go anywhere if you have any questions for our friend you can simply ask on 34519 that's the sms line 0618951019 is the telegram line and i was going to say you can call but no we're having a conversation <laughs> do not go anywhere. we'll be right back after this
0: This is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao, venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how, and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. 101.9, Chai Affirm,
1: this is Tribal Pursuit and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao. Time is 10.42 and we're still speaking to a friend of the show. He's actually the first person we've had come back twice and that is so cool, I like it. Mr. Sam Levy, are you still with us? I am. I am well, well, Mukundi. Thank you. <laughs> all good. All good. So, I heard you say the, this initiative that that yeah, that you're working on, the Daffodil Initiative, the Daffodil Project. The Daffodil Project. Yes. Daffodil Project. Such a big word. i Yeah. I heard you say that this is something that you're going to be very proactive with and also try to spread to the rest of Africa. I just wanted to ask, with you saying that. <laughs> How has your interaction with the rest of Africa be in terms of African Jewish communities and organizations? Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, um, you know, the the uh we have
2: the African Jewish Congress. Mm. That's that's led by our executive director, Rabbi Moshe Silverhaft, and it's dedicated to keeping all the the you might say far flung small Jewish communities in the countries around and outside South Africa in touch uh getting the basic resources they need to to keep going so we have a very good um communications network among the communities and and a sense a strong sense of solidarity among the uh, between the leaderships of of these different our different small communities so getting the word out through through that network will be very easy mm-hmm. um I think another uh, – uh, next week I'm going to be on a call with um, the Commonwealth Jewish Council, right, which brings together uh, Jewish communities in Commonwealth countries throughout the planet, many of them in Africa and outside southern Africa as well. Now that's also the kind of uh, context in which to make people aware of this opportunity. So, um, you know, we have – there's good networks out there. Uh, to help this to help this happen and of course there's always our if you will master network that's the right choice of words the world jewish congress which is uh connects jewish communities even more uh, in an even more complete way mm-hmm. so local in southern
1: africa ajc commonwealth cjc world wjc wow and with all these jewish communities do you think there'll ever be a day where there's interaction between all different communities. I'm talking about the Lemba, the Abayudaya, all of them. Do you think they'll ever looking in looking as somebody who's also a member of the of well the African Jewish Congress and everything? Do you think there'll ever be a day where there's interaction and and collaboration between those communities, yourself included? Oh, I well. pray for I I pray for that day.
2: Um, that's that. Uh, <laughs> I think such. That that kind of interaction is the sort of things that that will accelerate, uh, uh, Mashiach, right? right? Will accelerate uh, the 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 um, a messianic moment in the world. Mm-hmm. So everything we can do to increase dialogue, right, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and and promote contact among the dispersed Jewish communities of diverse origins is a good thing.
1: And do you think, just off of that, do you think there's unity? Well, I don't know if unity is the right word, but do you think there's unity or, um, yeah, I'll say unity amongst the Jewish communities in Africa as a whole? Is there still a bit of a divide, be it geographical or just, you know, people can't afford to stay in touch the way we'd like to? Do you think there's unity in the in the African Jewish community as a whole
2: well i i, I wish there were there's clearly not right mm. um but that doesn't mean it isn't a a goal to work towards right and unity doesn't have to mean and shouldn't mean uniformity mm. right unity it's uh, <laughs> you know the uh, our blueprint is is torah that's our that's what makes us jewish uh, in the first instance right mm. Um, so we have our Torah in common, our 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 convictions, our dedication to to Torah way of life. But the the Torah is a blueprint. It it uh, it's our master plan. It doesn't doesn't prescribe exactly the interior decoration of our common home, right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's space in our common home for a lot of different ways of decorating it. We have to distinguish in these matters between, between halakha, the things that are obligatory, mm. and custom. And custom is something that's highly variable, where, you know, uni- uniformity would be a terrible loss, actually. Right? And, and diversity is to be welcome. You also need the framework of halakha, where everyone is, is working from the same, from the same play, playbook, as it were. And so if we manage to find a way, and it's, I'm not saying it's easy, it isn't easy, mm. uh, otherwise it would have been done, right? Mm-hmm. But if we manage to find a way to reconcile along those lines of principle,
1: we will be working towards the unity that you, that you invoke. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And that's really, I couldn't, I couldn't have, well, I couldn't have said it any better myself. And, I'm saying this as somebody looking in. I I think I have a very unique view, given that I myself am not Jewish. However, I'm, I interact with the Jewish community so much, I get to see it from the outside and from the inside. And that's why I was asking mm-hmm. you, because there's clearly a bit of a divide. But I didn't know how else to ask that question, you know. <laughs> I didn't know how else to ask that well, question. And... I just, one more before I let you go, because this man Craig is signaling uh-huh. that we are running out of time. What, what did you get okay. up to for Pesach? I know, I know it's long overdue now, but what did you get up to for Pesach? <laughs> well, we, we
2: had, uh, interesting. This was one Pesach that I was, I personally was not in Maputo. Uh, but, uh, we, here in Maputo, we had the, our annual community Seder, as yeah. usual, in the synagogue. Yeah. It was very lively, I'm told. So, um, yeah, that's, that, that's our, and we always have, you know, Rabbi Moshe helps us get, uh, matzah, uh, and kosher wine and our Pesach needs. That's, that's AJC. That's Moshe Silverhop, making sure, taking care of us,
1: all of us in
2: our, in our diverse communities. You know,
1: so Pesach was very lively and, and joyful. You know, I feel like I need to get my honorary Jewish license revoked. I'm about to tell you something. Please don't judge me. I did not have a single bite of matzah this year. At all. Oh man, you don't know what you're <laughs> missing. Don't worry. <laughs> and
2: one more question is that the, which, with the first <laughs> bite is always the best bite. So the, the ones after
1: that, it's declining marginal returns. I assure you. <laughs> Though I, I tend, to, I tend to find that my my mouth struggles to produce enough saliva. <laughs> there, there you go. That. And with with one well, one more question is with Shavot being next week, any plans for the community and yourself as well?
2: Oh, standard Shavuot observance. Um, you know, what, what do we, the main deal on Shavuot is to read the Ten Commandments in synagogue. Mm. Right? You're supposed to hear the Ten Commandments. Shavuot is, is the, the anniversary of Matan Torah when we were given the Torah. Mm. And so in, in miniature, we try and, and recreate that, uh, in the synagogue environment. Uh, so what we might do is do something a little bit special with the kids. Mm. But but basically, you know, the, everything is built around the uh, the this uh, reenactment of Matan Torah.
1: Wow! And I know, given your his, your community's history with your own Sefer Torah, I'm pretty sure everybody's excited because this is you you only just got your Sefer Torah back a couple of years ago, so this is all exciting for the whole community. And as yeah, you said, you're fully out of thrill. COVID. That's right. That's right. Wow. That's right, we are. And uh it's always a thrill to 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 read from the Torah in Maputo. It really is. Well, I should definitely find myself there one day, especially since you said it's a lot warmer in Maputo. That's the only reason. <laughs> that's the biggest reason I want to go there right now. But Mr. Sam Levy of the Could you please say it one more time before I let you go? Uh, Associação Honendalim, Comunidade Judaica de Mozambique. Thank you so much for your time and being with us this <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> This is 101.9 High FM. That was a conversation between myself and a friend of the show, Mr. Sam Levy of the, yeah, what he said.
0: (laughs) Time is 10.52. Do not go anywhere. We'll be right back straight after this. This is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao. Venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how, and why of the beautiful people
1: that identify as Jewish. The Jewish Women's Benevolent Society is having its famous book sale on the 21st of May, which is this coming Sunday, at 9 o'clock till 2 p.m. at the Genesis Shopping Center. For all your favorite novels and non-fiction books, including Judaica, snap them up for 30 rands each. That's this Sunday, the 21st of May, at Genesis Shopping Center from 9 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. 101.9 High FM. This is Travel Pursuit, and I'm your dear friend Mukuni Mudao. of the morning time is ten fifty four, and that means it's time for me to unfortunately get out of studio i do hope you enjoyed my conversation with mr sam levy of the mozambican jewish community once again that's what i'm calling it because i'm not gonna call it what he calls it and i do hope you enjoyed Picked up something new And also I learned about the Daffodil Project I don't even know how to spell Daffodil But that is not the point Let's do this again in 7 short days And we will have fun I hope you managed to enjoy your Wednesday morning I hope you managed to enjoy the show And if you didn't do listen again next week I'm pretty sure I can change your mind If you did miss the show you can find it on our HiFM website You can just listen to the podcast It'll be up in a couple of hours And of course once again don't just listen to that. We have a lot of great shows here on High FM that I'm certain you will enjoy. From Craig in the studio, pressing all the buttons. And from your friend Mukundi Modao, as always, until next time, enjoy the rest of your day.